Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. Let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. I got to tell you, I'm concerned. It seems like there's a little bit of a Debbie Downer vibe in the studio. Where's no, the energy? What not, is wrong? Not, not for me. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. We well, got I'm a lot of stories. I'm not feeling it either. I get called out for it, and I'm not. We haven't even started yet. Just, I felt like, man, it was just a little <laughs> down. That's all. Let's go. There's a lot to get to today. We got a country to save for crying out loud. Yeah, there oh, you go. Boy. We're in deep Whatever crap you're taking, right I'd like some. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Every time I offer, you don't want it. <laughs> Maybe I'll take it today. You're <laughs> Only joking. Kidding. <laughs> Jamie okay. Markley. Controlled part- substance Tuesday. <laughs> well, I think that's what they give Biden before he goes out to speak. Yeah. But somebody forgot to give it to him yesterday. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. So Joe Biden went to Puerto Rico yesterday to announce <laughs> hurricane relief funding. And boy, he said something rather odd, didn't he? Well, yeah. And so I... Uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasure, since you're part of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals and Delaware is as well. And I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. I spent a lot of time in the northern part of the state. David, uh, so. to help. I know, I know it seems out of character to go to the youngest guy on the show to say help uh, with a president. But please help. Well, they're they're not. If he's talking about the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, that that's not where Puerto Rico is. It's in the first. So I, I again, I don't know. Maybe it changed uh, or something. But I don't. I don't know. This is the first I've ever heard Joe Biden claiming that he was raised in the Puerto Rican community. Now, what was really interesting to me is that uh, Jill Biden was actually standing behind him and off to his left. And I swear, if you look closely, you could see her lick her lips and say, mmm, breakfast tacos, <laughs> when she realized that her husband was now part of that community. Wow. Uh, you know, it's something that we didn't know, but I guess in the end... No one, um, not, not the history books will note it. The history books will note it that he was part of the Puerto Rican community, <laughs> uh, apparently. <laughs> You learn something every day, kids. I don't know if Whee! you knew this. His name is actually Jose Biden. Yes. Yes. Of course it is. He anglicized it because America is racist. Right. <laughs> he's, he's the first. He knew he couldn't get elected. Yeah. He's the first Irish Catholic Puerto Rican president. Yes. Wow, man. I mean, I get it. A lot of these politicians, especially the ones on the left, I mean, they pander. I mean, in comical ways sometimes. I don't feel no ways tired. <laughs> Thank you. But that, I don't understand what he's even trying to do there. And that wasn't the end. Did you hear that clip? He's talking about Congresswoman, Congress something, and you can't make out what the heck he's even saying? Did anybody hear that? I'd miss this one. Okay. Well, I'm dying to hear it now, though. Next 15 minutes. Okay, very good. Thank Next you. 15 minutes. You'll hear it. I, I, I don't understand what sense it makes. At the same time, we have the vaccine mandate that apparently is still going on, David. Yeah. 
Well, the Biden White House is not budging from the COVID vaccine mandate specifically for military personnel. And that means in the next, uh, what what are they saying, like 30 to 90 days, something like that, next few months. Um, about 20,000 soldiers are going to be getting the boot in the next few months. What are we doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, it, I'm... It, this is beyond me now. No, it makes no sense because the COVID Crazy. vaccine doesn't stop you from getting or spreading COVID. I mean, there are two guys on this show who got vaccinated and got COVID. That's right. So, yes. I mean, so there is no point in doing this right now. Well, uh, and it's worse than that, to be honest, but we'll get into that yeah. at another time. But go ahead. Now, John Kirby used to work in the Pentagon and is now with the White House communications team. Uh, he was grilled about this on Fox and Friends this morning by one Brian Kilmeade, who was not having any of it. Good. Can you possibly talk some sense into this White House to reverse policy? Well, I'll tell you, Brian, I mean, and we, you, know, you and I have talked about this quite some time over the last year or so. Uh, the vaccinations are a, a valid military requirement. You want your troops to be ready, and part of being ready is being healthy and not being able or not having the ability to infect what? your unit and make their unit readiness uh, any worse than it is. Look, oh I'm talking to you from home here because I'm wrapping up my own uh, bout with COVID here but over the last 10 Admiral days. Exactly. I'm not going to the Admiral, exactly. I don't get but listen. I'll tell you, man, so far in this clip, Kilmeade is being really nice by just yeah. letting him roll. I'm already get out of my mind. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, you don't want it spreading to other people. It doesn't stop you from spreading it. That We know right. that. So that doesn't make any sense. Well, and, and John Kirby himself is still isolating at home after getting the initial round of vaccines, getting two boosters, and he got COVID. He's doing this interview from home because he's isolating because he has COVID. Yes. And how many times are we going to hear the same story? <laughs> right. Yep, all the boosters. Oh, got it. <laughs> Now, You're walking proof it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, but but it kept me out of the hospital. It, oh. it kept me from dying. Well, I guess we'll take your word for it. Yeah. So Brian Kilmeade followed up, though, pointing out that the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting or spreading COVID. You have a requirement to be healthy to be able to serve. And this is a valid military requirement. It's a, you really it's a think so? Vaccine. And and look, even even if it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID, I'm double boosted. I got it myself here. Just the that's last your week decision. Or so. It, may, it makes the symptoms a lot less right. severe. It gets you back on, on duty. So it's uh, worth kicking out health, the healthiest people in our country who are already sacrificing? Your, it's worth kicking them out? Brian, Brian, we would rather not lose anybody, of course, uh, to the vaccine. We'd okay. rather not lose anybody uh, from a retention perspective to have them leave the service earlier than they wanted or we wanted them to. Right. But it's a valid military requirement. No, it, no, no it's not. I'm not going to get that. Well, he's going to stick on that. He's not coming off yeah. that. You think these but guys are just it... so far down the road, too? They can't reverse course now? I mean, you think it's like that? Like, we can't do it now. Oh, he's just he just gets his memo from his bosses, and he goes out and sticks to it. That's all that guy's ever done. No, it isn't. This is an experimental vaccine that just came off the shelf. You know it's not valid, and it's risk our national security. And when you get to the next booster, is it even vetted with people? Right. Or just mice. I mean, dude, you overplayed your hands. Admit it now. My goodness. And are you ever going to talk about it, especially when you're talking about healthy young men? <laughs> it's riskier to get the vaccine than to get COVID. That's why they did what they did in Denmark.
Oh, gosh. It's so maddening. All right. Let's get to the uh, Whoopi Goldberg story. <laughs> this is something, man. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was not a fan of a Daily Beast reporter who did a review of the movie Till, which is about the lynching of Emmett Till. And I just want, I just want her to explain what the beef is, and I do mean beef, with Hello. this review. Okay. Roll it. I have to uh, say something because there was a, a young lady who, who writes for uh, one of the magazines yes. uh, and she was distracted by my fat suit I, in her review uh, now and I'm just gonna say this I don't really care how you felt about the movie but you should know that was not a fat suit that was me uh, yeah uh oh <laughs> oh oh man what? are you pregnant uh no <laughs> It's worse than that. Yeah, that that is. She's definitely... in a fat suit. Yeah, says the reviewer. Whew. And that was steroids. Remember last year? Yeah, I had on you were okay, and I was Ill. very was very sick. And you so were in the hospital. And I assume you don't watch the show, or you would have known that that was not a fat suit. But I just want to let you know that it's okay. I love the ego in there, too. Obviously, you don't watch the show. Come on. Doesn't everybody watch The View? <laughs> Not to be a fan of a movie, but you want to leave people's looks out. Yeah, so yeah. just comment on the acting, and, and if you have a question, ask somebody. Because oh. I'm Whoa. sure you didn't mean So, hey, you get a question before you review a movie, you come to me. The weirdest part, though, is where she says, just judge the acting, not, not the appearance. Well, it's not radio theater. I mean, right. if your your appearance does get judged, that you know, based on whether or not you look like a person who, if you're in a historical drama, you know, whether or not you looked like the character or the real life person that you're portraying, that's always a part of it. So I I don't know I I just want to say you know if you if you go to our website goshdangit.net and you see a picture of me, I just want you to know that the microphone adds twenty pounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, by the way, before we get to the end of this clip, has anybody seen any of the pictures of Whoopi in the movie? No. I haven't, I haven't even heard about this movie. I mean, I've heard about it, but I, when does it open? Is it open? I don't even know. Okay, I'll put it to you this way. When she's on The View, and it's this has been commented on before, she wears, some people are honestly a little mean about it, saying it's like she wears a curtain. What? You've going, heard this yeah. before. I'm not saying well, it. I'm I mean, going tent. A nice tent, it's, but it, a tent. It, it's an aggressive moo-moo situation. That's true. It, but it's to, to cover. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So then when she's in more of a form-fitting dress in the movie, yeah. then it's revealed. You know what I mean? It'd be like you take a, a guy that's like 30 to 40 pounds overweight that hides it well and wears a suit coat a lot. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you see him in a movie, but like without a shirt on. You're like, holy mackerel, he's a bit of a porch. Or insert whatever word you want. Mm -hmm. Because it's usually concealed. I think that's one of the issues with the reviewer saying, oh, that's a fat suit. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, sometimes it, some things you can't stop looking at it once it's on the screen. I haven't yeah. seen the movie to know, but 
This is funny. Anyway, go on, Whoopi. Because I'm sure you didn't mean to be demeaning. But Whoopi, if that was the distraction and you're doing movie reviews on such a powerfully yeah. impactful, visceral response, tragic, awful story, then I question your abilities to review a movie. <laughs> well, I right. mean, I guess you got to stick up for your fat friends, right? Okay. That's why That's I appreciate you guys is. so much. It's a, it's a good, uh, you're, you're the wind beneath my chubby wings. <laughs> Well, that that statement alone tied a record for the most adjective used in a sentence, I think. <laughs> Holy smoke. <laughs> wow. I do love the editor's note that was added, though. This may yeah. be a top 10 clarification in news media by the end of the year. Editor's note, this story has been updated to reflect that Whoopi Goldberg says she was not wearing a fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't even know, did the person like the movie or not? I don't know. We don't know. Okay. All right, this is getting out of control. If you saw what happened in L.A., woman hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, again, for no reason. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hello. Okay. I'm so tired of seeing this, just like the rest of the country. If you happen to see this woman in West L.A. attacked for no reason, Asian woman in her 40s, going out to get coffee, it's 11 in the morning, here's a man on a scooter yell something in her direction. Not clear from various reports if she understood what he was shouting, if it made any sense. But he threw a small fire extinguisher, hit her in the head. God. Concussed her. Why? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Again, because they can. My goodness, man. And, you know, she's going to be okay. That's the good news. There have been times where people aren't okay. It's months trying to get better. Sometimes people killed. Why? And what happened to the stop Asian hate narrative? Oh, it's gone. Yeah, it's because why not, is that again? Because it's not a bunch of MAGA bros doing it. Oh, that's what it is. Now, I, I thought this was interesting. Chris Hayes, that weird little dude on MSNBC. Yeah, the kind of guy that could save America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wrote cannot overstate the degree to which gruesome surveillance footage of black people committing violent crimes has become the quasi-permanent wallpaper on Fox these days. Just over and over and over. Well, stop doing it. Right. I mean, the implication is that, again, covering crime, what is actually happening out in America is somehow racist just because a lot of the people wind up uh, being African-American. Not all. No, not all. But what, when it happens... And it's an African-American male that's committing the crime. We're supposed to ignore it and not show it? Up yours. No, we're going to tell the truth. I don't care who it is. You racist Chris Hayes, weak little man. You don't get to make the rules. I don't know who told you you could. Shut up. I've had enough, man. And that DA, the whole thing, all these cities, man. You talk to more and more people, people are fed up. 
And where at least some used to think I was crazy for the public caning idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, there are people warming up to that. That guy should be publicly caned that did this. Oh, I, well, I don't disagree. I mean, 100%. No, I'm, no. They're like, oh, you're kind of joking about that public caning. I'm absolutely not. Well. It's got to stop. David takes it a step further. No. Well, okay, right. let's, say, let's say he would have um, beaten her to the point where she couldn't walk anymore. Oh, that, then what do you do? That's kneecap. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's you know, first offense is a 22 LR round to the mm -hmm. kneecap. Little guy. You know, you could maybe walk again. Uh, mm -hmm. Next one is a, is a 45. I think, you know, a lot of that stuff probably stops. Or we're going to see a lot of limping. One of the two. Got to stop, though. Oh, by the way, I like this. You had a clip of Corey Bush. Yeah. Yeah, uh, far-left Representative Cori Bush is sticking by her calls to defund the police, even as Democrats in general are running away as fast as they can from that message. Uh, Cori Bush was on Good Morning America today pumping up. I guess she's got a book. Who knew she she's could write? She's got a book out. I, I didn't even know she could read. But anyway, she was asked about that phrase. Okay. Are you worried at all that that could hurt some of your colleagues going into the midterm elections? See, the, the thing about defund the police is we have to tell the entire narrative. People hear defund the police, but you know what they'll say? You mean say the one that started in Ferguson? Yeah. Right where you're at? That yeah. was a lie? The one you started? And the, what was it? Did, didn't she get shot at? Yeah, she said there were white supremacists <laughs> shooting at her from the hills of Ferguson. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what? Mm -hmm. Just totally made up crap. Like, anyway, go ahead. Say reallocate, say divest, say move. Uh, but it's still the same thing. We can't get caught up on the words. We People spend more time focusing on the word defund than they spend on caring and addressing the problem of police violence in this country. What is the problem of police violence? Mm -hmm. Can you say even what that is? Well, or, what word am I supposed to say? You you said it first. Well, yeah, when she defund the police. When they talked about it before and they sort of pulled her aside and said, hey, we need to kind of quiet that thing down. I, w what did she say at the time? I think I have it. No. You know, they don't get to tell us what our message is. Fix the problem, and then I won't have to say defund the police. <laughs> yeah, well, but don't say defund the police. We get caught up in the word defund. What? Yeah. What? You're saying less police. It doesn't work. That hasn't been proven over the last couple Jeez, of years. Right. What does it take? My goodness, man. And there's a lot to get to. Ukraine wants more from the United States. More, We need more commitment. We need yeah. more dollars. This, oh man, we're in it again, aren't we? Yep. We're really in it again. We will get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Martin, the Gen Xer. There's the millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins in the distinguished jacket. Okay, news update. David Van Camp. Well, I got. I, I have new uh, Kamala Harris audio. If you want to take this journey with me, absolutely. Of course, I'm on board. I have yes. not. I have not yet heard or processed or digested this just yet. But I'm told that. Uh, it is Kamala Harris talking about being guided by this principle of what we must do in the spirit and in the interest of equity. 
no. So it no. might be a good one. I don't know if this is the greatest hits or not. I'm just kind of rolling the dice on this one. Okay, I'll take notes. Hang on. All right. Go ahead. You ready? Yep. yep. All right. So let's deal with that disconnect, which we also refer to as disparities, because we see that people in our country are having an experience that is not equal. Time out. That's part of life. Yeah. Right. Some people are taller. Some people uh, have natural gifts. We know this. There are no such thing as equal outcomes. No. I mean, it just isn't. Of course not. No. Life's not fair. Who said it was? Okay, go ahead. And that's why we talk about equity. Because we recognize not everybody starts out on the same base. They don't start out in the same place, even though they have the same God-given capacity. Hold on a second. Oh, no. No, that's not true. Not everybody has the same God-given capacity. No, they don't. No. Of course not. We're not just talking about physically. We're talking about mentally. No. I will never in a million years be a neurosurgeon. I don't have the capacity to do that. I don't either. (laughs) I feel... I feel funny even saying that, like it needs to be said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who've been with the show any time at all, you yeah. you already know that. Yeah. yeah. So bad. What do you say? I have David for speaks real well, huh? You ca- you say it's very mean what you say about me, Scott. Well, you've got a mental illness. Yeah. Yeah, mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's okay though. <laughs> I mean, see, see, even with your challenges, look at you've become a success. Look at that. Yes. Like, You're a beacon. You should be held up. None of us. ADHD. Will... And I don't even know if that's real, but that's what I'm diagnosed with. That's, well, I yes. think you have it. Yeah. So illness. So, yeah. Neurosurgeon, not my thing. No. Okay. Yeah. But Kamala wants to make it so? Yes. Right. If we keep going in this direction, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon, and nobody wants that. <laughs> well, <laughs> me to that is like Corrine Jean-Pierre being the White House press secretary. It's a freaking disaster. Yeah, let's have a look at that brain, huh? Yeah. Okay. Let's crack it open. <laughs> let's have a look. Let's, see. let's look under the hood. I'm just going to start poking things. Let me know. Let me know when you can start seeing uh, seeing sounds. Okay, I'm just going to yeah. start poking. <laughs> hey, what part do I snip? I forgot. Oh man. Anyway, go ahead. So when we talk about the work we are doing here together, it is recognizing that and being guided by this principle of what we okay. must do oh in the spirit and in the interest of equity. Okay. You need to stop with the equity. It doesn't work. And most people just giving it any reasonable thought understand that. And we're going to start by tying a cinder block around Patrick Mahomes' leg next this Sunday. <laughs> See, now I might have a chance. <laughs> then we, we're going to equal things out a little bit. We're going to make him throw left-handed and tie a cinder blocker. <laughs> Can you play that last sentence of her again, David? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Crazy. Do, in the spirit and in the interest of what we are doing here together, it is recognizing that and being guided by this principle of what we must do <laughs> in the spirit and in the interest of equity. No, we don't. Have to do that together and recognizing. Yeah, it's the same wordsmith crap. Is there more to it now? No, that's it. Okay, mm. what a terrible idea. And that's what you hear all the time: equity. And so, as she is basically saying, yeah, what I said the other day about rebuilding Florida, the mm-hmm. parts that are decimated, uh, people of color first. Yeah. 
That's what it's about, right? Because they they didn't start from the same point. So now we got to pick and choose different people based on the color of their skin. That's racist. You know, I'm going to throw one flag on what you just said too. I, I don't. What is it with the God thing? The what? The God thing. I mean, she she talks about God, God given abilities and talents. Do they even believe? Yeah, which God is she talking about? I, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, or God in general. Because we're supposed to keep that out of the political discussion, right? That is true. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if you're a Democrat, you just bring God in when it fits, you know, just it's I by see. feel. Yeah. God. I mean, it's like Joe Biden, the devout Catholic. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Exactly. Puerto Rican Catholic, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a person of color. You just didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? All right, what's the story? Ukraine wants more from the United States. Yeah, we, we've spent more than $60 billion on the war in Ukraine, and Ukraine says it's not enough. And I just want to play uh, the news report that I saw from uh, CNN's Jake Tapper. <laughs> the tap. Okay, roll it. Even as Ukrainian forces successfully retake a land that Russia stole, Ukraine says it still does not have enough assistance from Western countries. And now sources tell CNN that Ukraine is prepared to offer the U.S., a stunning level of transparency and sway over its battlefield plans in hopes of getting bigger, better weapons to fight Putin's forces. So we send them bigger and better weaponry, and they're willing to let the United States dictate the battlefield plans. That, that really just sounds like, yes, we're officially in a war if we, if we agree to that. Yes. And I'm sorry, but they've, they've gotten enough. All right, we've depleted our own stockpiles. I mean, because of this, as this has dragged on, I no. Well, let me ask you this. Do you ever think, okay, we're already at war, in a way? Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, yes. Not by official title. Yeah. But, I mean, we're giving all of this money. We're assisting them. We're helping them. The European countries weren't doing anything. It was all us. And now they want more. And the whole thing with NATO. Yeah, we want fast track. Mm -hmm. I mean, wasn't it just within the last few years? That was like a non-starter. Yeah. D not ever going to have that happen because then it's completely on with Russia. Yeah. Because that was their line in the sand forever. Okay. So now we're there. So I don't, you know, talking about titles now as an official member of NATO. Mm-hmm. And as the ADHD guy, I'll tell you, some of this is over my head, but we're just talking like regular people that watch this. Okay, why do we keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this? Why are we doing it? Wow. Like by just the 10,000-foot view looking down. Is it because, well, Putin will take over and then he's going to take over the world? Yeah, conventional wisdom is you want to overthrow the government in Russia. And why do we want to do that? Because we want him out. Then why do we want him out? For our own benefit. Who is our number one enemy? China. What does this have to do with China? Is this, is this, I mean, are we really trying to think about this as, well, if you went back, because we've heard about Hitler, I don't know how many times in the last 10 years, that if you go back there, it's just this little creep. It's just a little bit and a little bit. We can't let that happen again. Is that what the fear is? Yeah, the, the thought was that not so much that Putin would take over the world, but if he annexed Ukraine, then he's reforming the Soviet Union and does that encroach on NATO. Um, 
partners or allies. And so, so when he takes over Crimea <laughs> under Big O, yeah. that wasn't enough. But this this Ukraine thing, and forget about Biden and his son overseeing Ukraine yeah. basically, you know, seven, eight years ago. That has nothing to do with it. It's just if we don't do this, you know, it's it's end times. No, the thought, no, again, the thought is that if he does that, then he may actually wind up threatening NATO allies, and then it is on. So the, the wisdom early on was if you finance, uh, if you help out Ukraine, <sighs> now you're spending less money than it would take if there was an actual all-out war between NATO and Russia. Okay. And at the same time, we have millions of people coming through our southern border yeah. and bringing drugs that are killing I don't know how many Americans it was, 100,000 last year. It's going to be more than that this year. Not to mention <laughs> what the cartels are doing inside our country. Like getting a hold of, you know, we're talking not just younger people. We're talking about teens to be their mules, mm -hmm. paying them big dollars to drive to the border and then take it back to Jersey and dole out the fentanyl. We don't care anything about that. It's let's give Ukraine more money. Mm -hmm. it, it seems weird to me. Weird's not even the word. By the way, did you see different story? Elon Musk offered up a peace proposal, talking about Ukraine, saying, "Hey, th this is the way this would end anyway." Um, and he wanted people on Twitter to respond, weigh in on his proposal to end the war, redoing elections of annexed uh, the annexed region under the United Nations supervision, giving up the Crimean Peninsula to Russia and maintaining Ukraine as a neutral country between Russia and the West. So this is highly likely to be the outcome in the end, just a question of how many die before them. Also worth noting that a possible, albeit unlikely, outcome from this conflict is, conflict is nuclear war. And the Ukrainian diplomat, Andrei Melnik, said, F off is mm -hmm. my very diplomatic reply to you. Mm -hmm. Well. It's interesting no. because Elon Musk did, like, move heaven and earth to try to make sure that Ukraine had access to the Internet. Yes, to he To get did. the word out of what was going on in there. Yes. Wow. F off. We're proud. We're going to fight this on our own. We just need all your stuff. Give us more billions of dollars to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, I wanted to let you guys also know, I don't know if you saw this in the news, um, and I hate to do this on the air in front of everybody, um, but both of you guys apparently are homophobic weirdos. I'll take the weirdo part. <laughs> okay. Why? Do you, know, do you know why? Why? Because you did not go to see the LGBTQ rom-com at the box office. Okay. I didn't see any rom-com at the movie at the theater. box office. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't matter. Straight people didn't come out to see it this last weekend. The movie Bros. Yeah. Maybe it's not any good. Hey. Well, maybe it isn't. I don't you know. You can't say that. Uh, yeah, I mean... Billy Eichner, I think, is pretty easy to star and one of the writers on the movie. I mean, I think he's funny in small doses, but I don't want to watch a two-hour-long movie with him as a leading role. Well, you know why? Why? Because you're a homophobic weirdo. Oh, yeah, okay. But he was the one that tweeted out when the movie was done. He didn't want, he didn't want anyone who voted for Trump to go to the movie. Right. Oh, really? He, he told me yeah. to not go. Yeah, oh, he already instructed us. Don't no. go. Okay. All right. No problem. Okay. Nicholas Stoller, he directed the movie. Um, and he tweeted, last night I snuck in and sat in the back of a sold-out theater playing Bros in L.A. 
The audience howled with laughter, start to finish, burst into applause at the end, and some were wiping away tears as they walked out. It was truly magical, really. I'm very proud of this movie. Rolling Stone already has bros on the list of the best comedies of the 21st century. Oh, well, Rolling Stone, yeah. But, but nobody went to see it, even with glowing reviews. Great Rotten Tomatoes scores. All that straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros. And that's disappointing, but that's what it is. Yeah. And he went on to rant. Everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see bros tonight. Some people just don't want to see it, man. Yeah. We've got choices. We make our choices. We spend a lot of money to go to a movie. No. Well, not only that, didn't it used to be, hey, we just want the right to love who we want to love. Mm -hmm. Just let us love who we want to love. Leave us alone. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And there were a few people at the time saying, it, oh, that's fine, okay, but it seems like you want everyone to, like, champion it. Yeah, we want to see creepy people smiling. That's what we did this weekend. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> smile movie. But then, isn't this the example? You got to make your movie, and the people that it was intended for apparently liked it. Yeah. But that's not enough. Yeah, no. Hey, I'm... you homophobic weirdo that didn't go to the movie. Yeah. and I Celebrate us and laugh, because I... it's funny. I kind of compare and contrast this to a movie like Get Out. Right, where Get Out was, yeah, all the usual, you know, libs on Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot said, oh, this is an important movie and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, it had something to say about race in America. And it should also make a lot of liberals very uncomfortable with the statements that were made in that movie. But first and foremost, Get Out was just a really well-done horror movie. From what I've heard about bros, it beats you over the head with, this is important! For gay people. Well, from the other review that I read, and we can get to this a little bit later, it's a little groomerish. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. There's some groomers-type messages, pro-groomer stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And there was one where you were saying, hey, man, I, I'm willing to look past a lot of questionable content, but I'm not down with that. Woo. Man, oh, man. Okay. So, what does America think of DeSantis sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard? We'll get to that and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. So DeSantis, when he sent the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Illegal aliens, some would yeah. say. Well, we heard it was awful. It's inhumane. Well, yeah, and there was a comparison made to the Holocaust on <laughs> CNN. <laughs> Jeez. That is really unreal, man. Uh, but now there's a poll out. What does the poll say, David? Uh, majority of voters in Florida actually support. Governor Ron DeSantis's decision to relocate illegal immigrants to Massachusetts and New York. Uh, this is a Spectrum News Siena College poll found that uh, 49% of likely Florida voters support sending illegal immigrants to other states, while 44% do not support the action. Uh, almost 90% of Republicans, and to me, most significantly, 50% of independent voters in Florida agree, yeah, migrants should be relocated to different cities. Only 10% of Democrats support the measure. Hmm. So will the 
legacy media then come out and say, well, the, these people in Florida, it, well, Hitler had people under his spell, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some nonsense. And I read today where there's uh, a woman in New York called Camilla who is organizing the people that were sent to New York saying, you got to go back to Florida because they need help cleaning up $15 an hour. And <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah, they're going to send them back. Yeah, well, you heard Nancy... Yeah, you heard Nancy Pelosi on Friday. They said they need him to go pick the crops, right in Florida. Oh my God! And so they're showing up, going, "Okay, where's the, isn't, Wait a minute, we didn't send for you. No, people like oranges. <laughs> a much lighter note. Put that in your vodka. She was yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller. Remember her? Oh yeah. She's married to Freddie Prince Jr. They have a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. She won't let him on social media, which I would say is a good parent. She said, it's like letting them get a face tattoo at the age of five. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Smokes, is that a hot take? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on. Okay, and to top it all off, Tom Brady and Giselle hired divorce lawyers. More on that in a second. Yep, Mm. darn the luck anyway. Well, Joe Biden yesterday, uh, David, he said he has some history with Puerto Ricans. He says he was raised in the Puerto Rican community. Excuse me. Uh, Raised in the Puerto Rican community. Well, Uh, How is that? I, I guess politically is what he said. Um, I, I don't, again, I don't really know what that means, but whatever. Again, man, we could listen to this 50 times. I don't think we're going to come up with an answer. No. So I, uh, I, uh, was sort of raised, uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasure mm-hmm. since you're part of the third circuit court of appeals what? and Delaware <laughs> as well. And I was chairman of the judiciary committee. I spent a lot of time in the northern part of the state. They're, they're not. He may have been thinking of the Virgin Islands. Okay. Hmm. But, yeah. Hmm. Well, he's senile. Well, he is. the obvious. And a liar. Yes, and then you're going to mix up stories at some point in time. Yeah. And we rode the train there, and I wore a Kevlar vest. <laughs> and I got hairy legs. <laughs> no. Okay, so there was all that. And then there was this other part that I can't make sense of. And I wasn't alone. Apparently, a lot of people were trying to figure this out. You know, talking about hurricane relief and Minnesota, Texas, to to help however they can. And New York sent not only a congressman, one of the most congresswomen in the Congress, but the state troopers and emergency responders. You got that? The most congresswoman in the Congress. Congress. (laughs) Yes. Is it a competition? If there was, bro, she'd win. I know. I think. Yeah. New York sent not only a congressman, one of the most congresswomen in the Congress. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. stutter. That's what it yes, is. Yes, yeah. of course. 
Don't think that Kim Jong-un just sends rockets over Japan because he sees weakness. That's not it. He sees strength in that gibberish. That's right. Okay. No, what what really is going on with Kim Jong-un in North Korea shooting missiles all over the place now uh, is that he's very anti-stutterer. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is unfortunate. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, the labor market, David? Yeah, we got it. Yeah, a new report out uh, spells a little bit of trouble coming for the economy. Not a big surprise if you've actually been reading the reports that have been coming out in the in the labor market. Job openings now are down by over a million, so uh, it's the biggest drop since April of 2020 when everything shut down, uh, meaning the gap now between unemployed people and the number of available jobs has shrunk significantly, which is, uh, you know, again, not a disaster just yet, but remember the labor market is the one thing the Biden administration has been holding on to as a positive in the economy and it looks like that's going to start uh, evaporating within the next few months. Uh, but but just, just as a reminder here, here's a little montage of all the talking points of how great the labor market was. Yeah. Uh, the Biden plan is working. We're getting results. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs. End of quote. Repeat the line. Life-changing. <laughs> 10,000 million. I forgot about yeah. that. That was an incredible. <laughs> that was a lot of jobs right there. <laughs> Buddy. Yeah. Hard to keep that momentum up. We created all these jobs, and, and prices have, have gone up, but they've come down for energy. The economy is in a better place than it has been historically. Incredible progress on the, uh, progress on the economy. So let's yeah. come together mm-hmm. and focus on what's matter. On what matters. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. God. <laughs> they're not talking about gas prices coming down anymore either. Uh, no, they're not. And they're going to they're gonna go right back up probably to where they were earlier this year because OPEC uh, is looking at uh, this week talking about cutting like 500,000 barrels of oil off the market. That's a problem. Big problem. And our strategic petroleum reserve, by the way, is at very, very low levels. Mm-hmm. If there were a major war... We'd be screwed right now. But the good news is it's not like China and Russia are starting to act up, right? That's okay. Or Iran or North Korea. Or... Right. Well, and we were giving the reserves to our people to lower the cost. It wasn't like we were selling it to China. Uh, yeah, but we were. Yeah, we were. That's right. Yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what we always got? Historically. Incredible progress on the, uh, progress on the economy. So let's come together. Yeah. And focus on what's matter. On what matters. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. No mean tweets, though. That's good. Good news there. What's the matter? Okay, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but this is kind of a sad story. Oh. It's a frustrating story. Okay. It's interesting. I saw this at a couple of different sources, so I went to the root. And this is all about this professor at Davidson talking about the state of his classroom. Introductory economics and the difference between now and, say, 30, 40 years ago. Because you have students now that just don't want to do the work. They don't want to understand it. You hear this time and time again, and, okay, just a couple of lines from his piece talking about this, saying, you know, we're falling behind. The general student interest we don't have, um, because you do have some students that enjoy the subject, like economics majors. But the typical student taking the course to satisfy a requirement or to assess a possible interest in economics is not the equal of his or her peer from the year 2000, where the course performance is concerned. And then he gives a twofold piece of evidence. 
it, the people are just not doing as well. Said this past spring, with 31 student grades administered, I had a GPA of 2.4, essentially a flat C. That's nowhere near what it was when he first started offering the course years ago. But what's more troubling is the student average on the final exam he gave this past spring was just below 50%. And you have a whole lot of students that don't want to come to class, and now they have an out because they were told by the university, hey, if you're feeling a little bit ill, you shouldn't go to class. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, that's a problem. That also goes to another level because then those kids won't get a hold of the professor to figure out what they missed. It was only certain students that would do that. Mm -hmm. And once you're behind in that, you don't catch up. And I'm thinking to myself... I'm hearing this sort of thing more and more and more. And his question is, what am I supposed to do? Lower the standards and pass people? Or should I flunk them out? No, flunk them out. You flunk them out, you get fired. Yeah. Well, look, Well, look. I mean, isn't that part of uh, – listen, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people don't really care about that particular course because mm-hmm. they're told – all through grade school and through a lot of college that, you know, the economy or whatever is somehow evil and racist and horrible. So why would you even want to spend any energy learning about it? Because of the way the world works? No. Well, see, but here's the thing. We have this other thing that can work very well, and it's called communism. Because true communism's never been tried before. Don't worry about learning about economic right. fundamentals. We need you to be a commie bot. Golly. I don't know why they just don't have student-athletes take the course. (laughs) (laughs) Going to pass them along anyway, right? I mean, it's all going to look good in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, the situation is problematic. Students don't learn the material, and then they're frustrated. But should the class be dramatically changed to match students' more pleasant experiences in other courses? I would argue not. Goodness gracious, man. Not exactly uh, the tough generation coming up right now. Um Story about an NFL player saying he didn't go to New York because of taxes. Uh, yeah, see, he understands basic economics. <laughs> I bet he does. This is NFL star Tyreek Hill. Big, you know, trade rumors and whatnot that have been going on in the offseason. And, and the thought was, would he go to the New York Jets? That was what most people thought he would do. Well, he mm-hmm. wound up playing in Miami. And uh, he was asked about that decision because the Dolphins are going to be playing the Jets. And, and well, here's, here's what he said. The Jets were the other team that was kind of vying to trade for you. How close was that to happening? You know what? It was very close to happening, man. But it just those, it's just those state taxes, man. You know, I realized, you know, I, I had to make a grown-up decision. And, you know, here I am in, in the great city of Miami. You know, great weather, great people. We're beautiful people, I feel like. So, here I am. Hmm. Did he come from the Chiefs? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yes. You know, they enforced the law more in Florida. The New York, Tyree, <laughs> just going on your past. My, I understand the dollars. I do. I get that part. But there's another part of life. I'm just well, saying. Oh, I don't know why a guy like Tariq would want to go to a racist state like Florida. I don't know. Make it tough the, on the him. money. Yeah. Okay. So the New York Post is reporting that Giselle Bunchen and Tom Brady have hired divorce lawyers. Uh oh. How much is Tom going to get out of that deal? Is he going to get? Well, he. She out-earns him, or did anyway. I don't know whether yeah. that's still true or not, but 
There's a lot of dough there between the two of them. Okay, when you hear that, just that headline. First gut reaction, David Van Camp. Uh, is, is he channeling Leonardo DiCaprio now that he's in Florida? He, That's an interesting thought. He might he might be in Florida and, you know, think, I still got some options here. Hmm. What's your first thought, Scott? I'm not surprised. Why is that? I mean, she's been after him for a while to retire, and then he did, stating family reasons. Then he was home for a while and decided this sucks mm-hmm. and went back to work. And there was allegedly a big rift between the two of them because of that. And I don't think it was healed because he kept playing, and he's going to keep playing. I think he's one of these guys that needs a career-ending injury before he leaves. Wow. I man. mean, I hate to say that because I don't want to see that happen to no. him. But, I mean, he the, he just keeps going back. And the thing is, the performance, I don't know if the performance is going to be there at the end of this year. I mean, what I've seen so far, anyway. Well, David, I think about something you said a week or two ago. Yeah. Talking about it, he basically told the world uh, playing football is more important than my family. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it. See, you can say, well, they both made a commitment to each yeah. other, but you don't know. It seems like from what she said, they had a deal. Yeah. And it was going to be her turn because she put her career on hold, and it, he was going to be taking over a lot of the family stuff, and she was going to be able to lean into her career more. And then he's like, yeah, I'm not ready to be done yet. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Do that, or again, he, he realized he had some options there in Florida. In that Tampa. could be. Either way, man. I don't know, dude. Don't you look up to the people more to put their family ahead? Oh, totally. Yeah. Not everybody does. I do. Oh, personally. I, I, I mean, I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback who's ever played in the NFL. But I'd go along with that. Uh, but I don't look at him as a role model for anything. Right. He's a freak talent. Well, he he's so smart to keep yeah. himself from getting injured. Yeah. He, he was far ahead of everybody else it seems like i'm sure there's a little bit of luck in that that he didn't have another career ender but he also i mean maniacal of keeping himself in a certain kind of shape i don't think either one of them are going to struggle divorce is hard man it is hard but i oh will smith we have an update he has a movie coming out we might have a bet to settle on this show what will smith yes that much more coming up right here Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Mount Jamie, Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Yo, man. Hey, no worries. There's just a Russian submarine with nuclear tsunami technology that has vanished. Mm-hmm. God, no big deal. It's Copperfield Act or what? Holy <laughs> smokes, man. I'm going to make this submarine vanish. Well, it's it's gone from where it was before. Oh, boy. Um, saw this story earlier today. Washington Examiner, um, one of these nuclear-powered submarines that the Russians have, um, was in its Arctic harbor, and it's gone. And so, well, there's a lot of Western countries fearing it could be gearing up to test its advanced weapon systems. It is to be armed with Poseidon nuclear torpedoes that supposedly have the ability to traverse hundreds of miles underwater and induce nuclear tsunamis near coastal regions 
Hmm. Honestly, I'd never heard of that before, but it would make sense Nuclear. if you had the capability, somebody that had the idea to make it happen. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Nuclear tsunami. I think I saw them open for the the, the strokes maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was them. Short tour, if I recall. Yeah. It's self-destructed. Man, that seems like a hard metal band to me, like they'd be opening for Testament or something like that. <laughs> no, but... Anthrax. No, I think that that's Arctic okay. Harbor that you're thinking of. Oh, got it. Okay. I get them confused. Tsunami, tsunami, tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> so a submarine expert that was quoted in the story said this nuclear mega torpedo is unique in the history of the world. Uh Poseidon is a completely new category of weapon. It will reshape naval planning in both Russia and the West, leading to new requirements and new counterweapons. Holy smokes. And I mean, we're, you know, watching this unfold. And it does seem that Russia is in some trouble when it comes to the ground game. And Putin, more and more desperate. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So all eyes on that right now. Did see this. This is on a lighter note. But it was one of the biggest stories out for a week, and that was the slap heard around the world from Will Smith to Chris Rock. Mm, oh, yeah. We all remember it. It's been very quiet lately, though. Mm-hmm. And I remember, Scott, at the time you saying the guy's done. He's done. I did say that. We made a bet that within a year there would be a big movie released with Will Smith in it. Hasn't even been a year. Has not. His new movie, Emancipation, will hit theaters December 2nd, making it eligible for next year's Oscars. Well, I was wrong again. Well, we'll have to wait till December 2nd in case it gets pushed back or something like that. You never know. So we'll have to wait till the open. Um, but as the story goes, even if he gets nominated, he can't go. It's a 10-year ban for slapping Chris mm-hmm. Rock. So emancipation is based on the true story of a runaway slave who escapes to the north and joins the Union Army. That sounds like Oscar bait, doesn't it? No, yeah. it totally does. I have a question, though. Yes? And I don't know if this is in the article or not, but it, did Will Smith do the work? He had been doing the work. Well, I think I mean, that... has the work been completed? That's what I want to know. Or is there more work to be done? Well, I think the whole apology was pretty weak. Yeah, it was. But he tried it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of time of reflection, if I remember Did, right. Didn't he have a picture of him like meditating outside the Taj Mahal or something? Was that part of it? I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Are you are you serious right now? No, I'm serious. I oh my I gosh! How did I miss that? That's incredible. Could have been photoshopped. Out. Then you know he did the work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, but biggest story today. If you had to pick one, David, mm-hmm. what is it? I, I do want to clean it up. Sorry, the photo was making the rounds, but it was from 2018. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. Uh, biggest story of the day. I, I, take your pick. I mean, nuclear submarines and whatnot being deployed, yeah. that's a pretty big one. Joe Biden saying that he's Puerto Rican is a pretty big one. Mm. Ukraine wants more money and assistance. And, by the way, they just got a few hundred more million dollars courtesy of Uncle Joe Biden, who's protecting his investments and his crackhead son's investments in Ukraine right now. Um, Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, for anybody that calls out gender surgeries online, uh, the American Medical Association is pushing the Department of Justice to investigate. Oh, my God. Get to that much more coming up. 
I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay. Anybody hear about the economist from Columbia University, Jeffrey Sachs? Made some waves yesterday. I saw this at Daily Wire. Um, the Hill covered this. Um, saying, yeah, the United States was responsible for destroying part of the Nord Stream pipeline. It was the United States. And he's doing this interview, and he's talking about um, how we sort of switch course, especially Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State. Yeah. That at first was saying, uh, whew, I don't know who would do this. doesn't benefit anybody until yeah. people around the world were saying, well, it benefits the United States, that's for sure. Yeah. And when the economist Jeffrey Sachs was quoting Anthony Blinken, well, you had this clip yesterday of Blinken and what he said. There's a lot of hard work to do to, to make sure that um, countries and partners get through the winter. Europe itself has taken very significant steps to both um, decrease demand, uh, but also look at ways to um, uh, pursue the transition to renewables at the same time. And ultimately, um, this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity to, once and for all, remove the dependence on Russian energy. Uh-oh. That doesn't sound good now, does it? And thus to take away from uh, Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, that's very significant. And that offers tremendous um, strategic opportunity for... Um, for the years to come. Okay. What did you take from that when hearing it? Scott? Well, you're you're practically admitting that, yeah, we did this to benefit the green weenie technology. Is that your thought too, David? Well, yeah, he's, he's talking about that, but then also adding that um, we are becoming the largest exporter of natural gas to Europe. But, you know, again, as far that benefits a few people in America, but it certainly doesn't benefit America because no. our supply is already stretched very, very thin. And because of green weenie stuff in the United States, so it actually doesn't benefit America as a whole. It could if we wanted to produce like right. we've produced in the past. We don't. Right. So, again, going back to the Columbia University economist, Jeffrey Sachs, during the interview with Bloomberg, you know, hey, you're, you're saying that the United States did this based on, well, what do you mean? said, well, the European economy is getting hammered by the sudden cutoff of energy, and now to make it definitive, the destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline, I bet it was the United States. said, you know, radar data indicated that American military helicopters typically based in Poland, had been circling over the area. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gee whiz. Had you heard of that before? No, this is the first. Just rumblings. Damn. You also noted, and we know this, that Biden said, well, this is before the invasion ever happened from Putin, that he would bring an id. To Nord Stream. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, remember, I clearly remember that one. Yes. We have ways to do it. And now it just happens to be a tremendous opportunity says the Secretary of State. Sachs went on to say that's a strange way to talk if you're worried about piracy or international infrastructure of vital significance. He says, I know it runs counter to our narrative. You're not allowed to say these things in the West, 
But the fact of the matter is all over the world, when I talk to people, they think the U.S. did it. Even reporters on our papers that are involved tell me, of course, it was us. Mm. But it doesn't show up in our media. Mm. Yeah, we're getting into this. This Nord Stream thing is very, very important. I know it's very long. It's, you know, hundreds of miles or whatever. But you would think there would be video cameras everywhere. Well, I don't man. A big place, you know. But you would, I, I understand that, but golly. That's one of the best statements I've heard in a while. <laughs> what? It was very Trumpian in the a way. The water is a the big water, place. It's a big place. It is a big place. It is. It's, it's, no, you can't I, have cameras I, everywhere. I get it. It's a big place. Yeah. Do we have shot spotters that could pick that up? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, and you think about this, we're getting into a, a war possibly. Our troop levels are down. Yeah. And all of a sudden, our troops have been <laughs> learning all about equity. Mm-hmm. That's right. And being nice. And that has some people very concerned. Yes. That's coming from within the military. And then you have John Kirby. What's his title now? Uh, uh, strategic Communications or something for the National Security Council. He's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's um, a <laughs> long title. And he's there as backup to Corrine Jean-Pierre Van Damme Mellencamp. Okay. And that that's what that's what he's there for, really. Um and anyway, yeah, he, he used to work at the Pentagon though, was in the Navy, um, and uh said uh was asked on Fox and Friends about this vaccine mandate, which could land twenty thousand soldiers out of a job by the end of the year. It's crazy to yeah. me. I'm gonna say it again that we're still talking about a vaccine mandate. A vaccine that doesn't work. Can you possibly talk some sense into this White House to reverse policy? Well, I'll tell you, Brian, I mean, and we, you, know, you and I have talked about this quite some time over the last year or so. Uh, the vaccinations are a, a valid military requirement. You want your troops to be ready, and part of being ready is being healthy and not being Oh, able my to, gosh, and don't forget to get the undercoating. It's very important. Not right. having the ability to infect your unit and to make their unit readiness uh, any worse than it is. Look, I'm talking to you from home here because I'm wrapping up my own uh, bout with COVID here right. over the last 10 days. Which exactly. the point? Admiral, exactly. I don't want to get... But listen... Oh, goodness gracious. And it goes on. You have a requirement to be healthy to be able to serve, and this is a valid military requirement. It's a, you really it's a think so? Vaccine. <laughs> you really think so? For these people? Mm-hmm. It's... It, it's keeping them safe. And and look, even even if it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID, I'm double boosted. I got it myself here. Just oh, your decision. So it may, it makes the symptoms a lot less right. severe. It gets you back on, on duty. So it's uh, worth kicking out health, the healthiest people in our country who are already sacrificing. Yeah. Your, it's worth kicking them out. Brian, Brian, we would rather uh, not Brian, Brian. No, dude, he's making sense. You're yeah. not. We would rather not lose anybody, of course, uh, to the vaccine. We'd rather not lose anybody uh, from a retention perspective to have them leave the service earlier than they wanted or we wanted them to. Right. But it's a valid military requirement. No, it, no, it isn't. No. This is an experimental okay. vaccine that just came right. off the shelf. Right. You know it's not valid, right. and the, it's risk our national security. Insanity with the vaccines. Meanwhile, we've seen the uptick in gender surgeries. And especially for teens, some yeah. sort of hormone therapy. Okay, saw this at Daily Wire. In the headline, American Medical Association pushes the Department of Justice to investigate and prosecute those who call out gender surgeries online. 
crazy. Well, what is, what does call out mean exactly? Well, they Calls signed a letter question, to uh, Merrick Garland urging the administration, quote, to investigate the organizations, individuals, and entities that claimed were coordinating and provoking outrage online directed at those providing the controversial services. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're going with the, what, what was the phrase that they threw out there? Stochastic terrorism? Yeah. They're saying that if you have a problem with mutilating children for no reason, mm -hmm. then you're actually inspiring terrorist attacks, and therefore you should be investigated as uh, conspiring to commit terrorist attacks against hospitals, is what they're claiming. Okay. Are we ever getting the receipts of these threats? In one in one high profile case, a Boston hospital. Okay. They they got the police report. Yeah, somebody called in a bomb threat. Okay. But it's not like a bomb went off. Like it's say I don't know a pro life pregnancy center. I uh, know. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, the letter says from Boston to Akron to Nashville to Seattle, children's hospitals, academic health systems, and physicians are being targeted and threatened for providing evidence based health care. They cherry-picked the evidence, of course, yeah. which is insane. Um, these attacks have not only made it difficult and dangerous for institutions and practices to provide this care, they have also disrupted many other services to families seeking care. And that medical personnel have faced increased threats via social media. And that there was elevated and justifiable fear among families, patients, and staff. They're coordinated attacks. You need to take them down. Yeah. So you do an expose, I'm guessing, on one of these hospitals. Hey, they're doing this here. Like what happened at Vanderbilt, what you found out, yeah. and how much money they were making off of it. So if all of a sudden you provide that information that this is happening, well, then people saw the information and they made threats, so you're in trouble for putting, for putting the information out there. That's insanity. Yeah. Well, it's funny when they say evidence-based treatments, because a lot of times you're talking about hormone therapy, uh, before any type of surgery. The hormone therapy thing is way more common than, than surgeries, although surgeries do happen. But the bigger thing is, is, is you know, giving testosterone to, like, 13-year-old girls who think they're boys, things like that. And I, I thought it was interesting because I just uh, reminded of a, 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 a sit-down with a potential uh, endorsement client that I had, mm -hmm. and I, I don't do, you know, healthcare stuff. I don't usually do pills, you know, endorsements, things like that. But I, you know, just... Well, they haven't sat, offered enough money. Right, exactly. Not yet, no. Yeah. And right. so I sat down with the guy, and we're talking, and this is a medical doctor that you're talking about. Right. And uh, it was one of these low-T guys, and or, you know, low-T doctors. Uh, I don't know what the exact title would be for that. And I said, well, I'm 35, and I don't really have any sort of problem, so I wouldn't want to be a client. I wouldn't want to take any of this. And he said, oh, no, I wouldn't give it to you unless you had some other medical malady that would necessitate it at your age. I wouldn't do it because you got to keep doing it for years to come right? because of the nature of what that treatment does. Yes. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm reminded of that because apparently we're supposed to believe that it's okay to do that to a 13-year-old girl when a 35-year-old man is not advised to do it. Correct. Okay. But you know what they'll give you every time? What's that? As the reason why? Well, you'd rather have them on it forever than a dead child, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh-huh. 
I got a we got a note Which, yesterday, and maybe you guys have already heard this, but you know they're talking about <clears throat> parents not having to be notified. Your kids can go have this done, and you, you, they don't have to notify you that yes, this is happening, right? Different places. And then this woman who sent us a note yesterday said, "You know, I'm sitting at home, phone rings or at work. It's the school. My daughter's got a headache. Can I give her a Tylenol?" Yeah, I have to. They have to get. I have to have permission. They have to get permission from yes. me for her to give them a Tylenol. If you're mm-hmm. a girl and you want to become a boy, oh, you know, don't bother calling mom or dad. Or we'll let the kid change clothes and call him a different name at school, but yeah, we can't, we tell can't the do it at home, right? But can they take a Tylenol? Right. And stop saying we're coming after your children. We're not. <laughs> okay. It's insanity. Good we Lord. We all got to keep fighting that. Oh, and I have some news that, uh, Scott, especially I know you would want to know. David, maybe you too. I can't quite remember. Um, but I know any time uh, comedian Pete Davidson gets a new girlfriend, it drives you insane, Scott. Well, they're all supermodels. or what? I mean, this guy. Yeah. It's, something's going on with Pete Davidson that I don't know about. Well, you're about to know because it's been told. Really? Yes. Does it go back to your theory? What's my theory? He's a funny guy. He's just kind of a good dude. Just, you know, he's different than the pretty well, boy, you know, usual Hollywood type. But I'll tell you what Edie Falco said. All right. I want to hear this. You're familiar with Edie? I know Edie Falco, yes. Okay. She uh, is starring with Pete Davidson in a new series coming up. And she said, well, I understand now why he does so well with the ladies. Said there is something so endearingly vulnerable and out there about him. He doesn't play games. He doesn't try to keep up an image beyond what he cops to. The second you meet him, you just want to hug him. Yep. And he's funny. Damn. He, he's a middle reliever who knows his role. Yes. He knows he's never going to be a closer, knows he's never going to be a starter. Correct. But he's fine collecting a paycheck for a few seasons, you know, and then he'll retire and do something else. It's like a backup quarterback. Yeah, right. You got great stories forever. So they're just <laughs> never the guy for a right. long time. <laughs> right. But he did hold the clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> and when there was an injury midseason, he came in and did his job. Right. <laughs> That's true. He's the Cooper Rush of the love world. <laughs> He's an innings eater. I'm thinking Cooper Rush may be the, the starter. <laughs> I'm not sure. Trump is suing CNN. That and much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the Trumpster is suing CNN. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's going to try. He's filed a lawsuit in federal court in Florida for defamation against CNN. He wants $475 million. Wow. You oh, are fake news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trump's attorneys claim that CNN has sought to use its massive influence, purportedly as a trusted news source, to defame uh former President Trump, in the minds of its viewers and readers for the purpose of defeating him politically, culminating in CNN claiming credit for getting Trump out in the 2020 presidential election. Yeah. With me, we fight back. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Well. I like to see bad people fail. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Well, we all do. But you don't think it'll go anywhere? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's a very, very high bar for something like defamation and i think cnn 
desperately needs to have this fight to try to regain some sort of credibility. I think they want the fight in court against the former president because then they can turn themselves into martyrs. Right. The former president is a fascist trying to shut down our free speech. That's what they're going to say. Hmm. Damn it. I'm just saying. That'll be interesting. Yeah. What's going to happen with Trump and DeSantis if Trump runs? Ask this at least once a week. It's going to get ugly. Um, And I think if it does get ugly, I think... You know, the thing is, is that when you go over the tape of the uh, first time DeSantis ran for governor and won in 2018 Mm -hmm. against uh, Andrew Gillum, he was not expected to win. I, I mean, it was an uphill battle. It was a fight. And boy, I think the state of Florida and indeed America dodged a big bullet by not having Andrew Gillum as governor. I agree. Through the COVID stuff, and, and then we found yeah. out that, well, he was hoeing around with prostitutes and whatnot and doing drugs, so that was a, that was a problem. Um, but I, I, think this, I think DeSantis comes out on top because he's, he's cagier and, frankly, comes David. across as smarter than Trump. Thank you, David. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. I guess you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Scott? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Well, who do you think is going to win between the two? Uh, DeSantis. Scott, what? (laughs) Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, the vice president is speaking, and equity helps people how? Psychically. Psychically. Psychically, yes. So she was talking about making investments in minority communities and trying to pump up especially like black-owned businesses and whatnot and how that helps people psychically is what she says. Like the bent spoons and stuff? Like... (laughs) (laughs) That could be a black-owned business, you know. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> it's a okay. Frank's Spoon Bending <laughs> Emporium. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let's hear this. And I've seen how they use that capital to hire people from the community, to open a, a new storefront on, on the main street, how they buy inventory from local businesses. The whole community benefits in one way or another economically not to mention psychically, from their presence. Put that on the greatest hits. I can't, I gotta ask. It's I'm a double curious. album at this point. Is she speaking, this is a mostly black audience or no? Yeah, it, it, it's a, uh, uh, yes, it is a mostly black audience, yes. Okay. The reason I ask, she upped the way she phrases things mm-hmm. in her delivery of speech. You could tell. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> these frauds. My goodness, oh, man. Oh, gosh. Trump never got credit for helping black-owned businesses, unlike any other president. Mm-hmm. Never got the credit because he was a racist. 
You knew that. I mean, he said fine people, remember? No, he didn't. <laughs> of course he didn't. We know that. Yeah. So equity helps people psychically. I wonder if there's going to be a follow-up on it. How exactly is that? Well, we're in addition to opening up capital streams for prospective new business owners, they're getting a free uh, tarot card deck along with their loan. Excellent. Yeah. And maybe a discount on a crystal ball? Yes. Perhaps. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Okay. So that the latest from Kamala. Then we also have audio from who? Not uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, yeah, Karine Jean-Pierre. So the president is going to be speaking this afternoon uh, on the at the, what is it called, the second Reproductive Rights Task Force meeting because, you know, you got to go all in on abortion because that's, that's what the left thinks they have, right? That, that's it, heading into the midterms. And devout Catholic Joe Biden's going to be talking on that? Oh, yeah, he is. Excellent. And so there was a bit of a preview from <laughs> Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. Okay. Uh, what I can speak to is this was, uh, if you think about uh, Roe Ro v. Wade, and if you think about how it was a, constitution, it was a constitutional law uh, for almost 50 years. It protects women for almost 50 years. Constitutional and law? Yeah. I think the talking point would, would prefer a constitutional right. Right. Yeah. Thank you. And in June, uh, when the Dobbs decision uh, was made by the Supreme Court, it took away nearly 50 years of protections for women. And we have seen women respond. We have seen Americans uh, respond just across, across the country uh, on, uh, on different, um, on different uh, initiatives, clearly. And uh, they have been oh, taking down the... <laughs> Pregnancy centers? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. What, what does that mean? I think she so you're having a hard time there, Kareen. Might be wanting to reference the, the vote that took place in Kansas. That would be in her notes, right? She carries you that notebook think. around. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, they have been made their, their voices very loud and clear. I just want to hear that one part again. Uh, respond just across, across the country uh, on, uh, on different... Um... Yeah, you know the thing. <laughs> Come on. You know that. Hey, it's like setting aside Joe Biden's senility attacks. Yes. Almost everybody associated with this administration really does struggle to speak. And I think I don't think they're all dumb people. I, I mean, I think they certainly have dumb ideas and, and in that regard. But it is such an obvious tell how much they struggle to speak because they know they're in over their heads. That's part of it. Part of it is some are just not very good at it. Well, and That's we, a tough gig. Right. It really is. White House press secretary is a tough gig. We all know it. I mean, when you've got to create something, too, on the fly, and you're lying, I mean, it's, it's tough, too. Some people can sling that out. I mean, that was the thing, man. And I, she drove us all crazy, Jen Psaki. She was good at it, though. But there were definitely times where, like, okay, it, you'd want her to be your press secretary, oh, yeah. I guess, because, yeah, she's going to lie and do it with conviction, at least most of the time. Yeah. This. <laughs> holy smokes, man. All right. I see this headline at Hot Air. The left is going all in on kidnapping children. I'm what? like, hold on a second. What are we talking about here? Yeah. I didn't see this. And then it's explained. Okay. And it's from David Strom, so I'll just read from part of the piece. He's talking about Friday, wrote about Gavin Newsom in California, signed into law 
basically legalizing kidnapping children from other states and bringing them to California for, quote, gender-affirming care. So the law is as bad as it sounds. It is unconstitutional. Uh, This is crazy. A Virginia pro-trans group with Democratic ties says it will help gender-confused students leave their families and, quote, rehome them with new, quote, queer-friendly guardians instead. Daily Wire got a hold of this. Oh, my God. In the documents. The Pride Liberation Project also says it can give money to students who run away and hide from their parents. And it got glowing headlines September 27th when it organized 12,000 high schoolers to walk out of class to protest a draft policy saying that schools should not hide a student's gender transition from his parents. Did you guys hear the follow-up to that, too? Most of the kids were like, yeah, I just want to get out of class. Yeah, they well, sure. Do, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody walk uh, out I was ever involved in. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really care about the cause. Yeah, some Woo-hoo. of the student activists were very upset by that. They were like, well, they, they, they weren't taking it seriously. Well, no, it, there's safety in numbers. You get to go out and do whatever you want and say that you were trying to be, what, part of the cause or something like that. Wow, man. So it goes on in the story to talk about queer-friendly guardians. And the spokesperson saying, we're creating this channel as a way for everyone to understand the mutual aid and support resources um, for outed and in-crisis students. Mm -hmm. In the event of you needing to leave your home, we can provide you with emergency housing from a supportive, queer-friendly adult. Please note that this adult will likely be white. (laughs) That's what it says. I'm not joking. Sorry, yeah. I inhaled a, a bit of phlegm there. Um, <laughs> like trigger warning, by the way, there's some yes. there's some really creepy white guy who's going to adopt you. You, an at-risk kid who ran away from home, mm-hmm. that, that that's grooming. That's that makes of you. That's a that is a bad road to start going down. Holy mackerel! Yeah, that's where we are. Hi, kid. I know you're confused about your sexuality. Want to come talk to me? I'll pay for your plane ticket. You can stay with me. That's to, that's stuff like that would be featured on To Catch a Predator 10 years ago. Yeah. Yes. Like, no, you cannot finance a runaway teen <laughs> in that way. Remember a couple of years ago when different people were predicting the next thing is normalizing this sort of stuff yeah. with kids. And sure enough, man, it's happening. Well. And it's not even really a new thing. I mean, we've talked about this uh, every once in a while. I've brought it up uh, about what Germany did in the decades following World War II when they were when lawmakers were so desperate to distance themselves from the Nazi party that they just took a bunch of left wing academics word for it on a lot of social programs that were monstrous. One of them actually involved uh, sending at risk or foster kids with actual pedophiles because and this was their justification for it this was this was the the academic world's justification for it is that these people would be uh loving foster parents because they wouldn't want to physically hurt the child because they'd be in love with the child oh my god that was the basic justification and and there there were remnants of that program still into the early 2000s so this is not a new thing we've seen this before and, of course, it's horrible. It's horrific. Wow. Okay. Another story out there. At least, 
you can kind of laugh at this, but at the same time, it's also a little scary. The New York Times apparently had this story about the current state of academia. All right. Also happened to see this at Hot Air. And the professor at NYU, Maitland Jones, I guess long considered one of the top professors in the field of organic chemistry, uh, got fired because a group of 80 students signed a petition claiming the class was too hard. <laughs> okay. This well. is 82 <laughs> out of 350 students signed a petition. All right. Apparently, this class is notorious for ending the dream of medical school for a lot of kids. They, like, if you can't make it through this class, you're not going to make it into medical school. Well, okay. Right, which a lot of people would say, yes, those classes should be hard, of course. I mean, my... It, <laughs> It's organic chemistry. I remember my daughter going through it. Yeah. It's so beyond me. I, oh, mean, yeah. I just trust you that it's really hard. So the petition said, we're very concerned about our scores and find that they're not an accurate reflection of the time and effort put into this class. Well, so what? <laughs> so what? I, but I studied so long and I still didn't pass. <laughs> so what? What do you want me to do about that? Oh, I know what you want me to do about that, but I'm not going to well, do it. NYU wants those customers back now. Come okay, on, he's man. fired. <laughs> yes. It, they, he said, you know, the professor said his teaching hasn't changed all that much. He said students were misreading exam questions at an astonishing rate. So the problem was exacerbated by the pandemic. In the last couple of years, they fell off a cliff. We now see single-digit scores and even zeros. Said, but after the COVID learning loss, the students not only didn't study, they didn't seem to know how to study. Mm. And so from this piece, then, <laughs> from, from this, then you had these other professors writing in as part of the story. One saying, I'm a college professor and echoed Dr. Jones's observations about students having increased difficulties with concentration. And he's talking about in the past decade because you've got smartphones, social media. Um, but, yes, it's even worse since COVID. And another said, you know, I asked the A students in my class to write about how they had studied for the test. I collected the paragraphs and compiled them into a single handout. When the class saw the handout, a lot of students who had done poorly said, but that's a lot of work. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> you want to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to be a doctor, yeah. He said, and Only the ones, a few are cut out for that gig, okay? And the ones that did well went to review sessions that were offered and yeah. wanted to learn more. And those that didn't, didn't show up. That's what happens. You know what the end of the story is? What? But what about equity? <laughs> <laughs> uh, doctor, he was in here for uh, for a vasectomy, and you, uh, well, you chopped it all off. <laughs> well, it's really hard to do surgery. Don't and I at least get the credit same for amount trying? Of time. What yeah. else do you want out yeah. of me? I put in the hours. <laughs> Sorry, the results weren't right. What else do you want me to do? Gosh, dang. Yeah, it's something, man. Okay. <laughs> News update you don't want to miss next.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, there's controversy with Herschel Walker in Georgia yeah. running for Senate. As a matter of fact, Whoopi Goldberg apparently said on The View today, they just said, get someone black in there, and that's what they did. Okay. Talk about the GOP. Yeah, just because the Democratic Party does that doesn't mean everybody does. So what is the big controversy now with Herschel Walker? Because he's starting to take the lead yeah, in Georgia so, over yeah, Warnock? The race is uh, is tightening up. And so the Daily Beast says they've spoken to an ex-girlfriend of his who claims that he financed her or paid for her to have an abortion back in 2009. Okay. And, I mean, on the surface, when I read it, I'm thinking, well, I mean, the guy does have a lot of uh, kids that he didn't really take responsibility for. So it wouldn't surprise me if that were actually true. And when it comes to character assassination attempts, I mean, Raphael Warnock ran over his ex-wife during yeah. a domestic situation. Yes. So, I mean, again, I, I kind of see that as a push when it comes to the, the, uh, the, the character aspect between those two men. But then I'm reading the details of the, of the story. So... So she provided the Daily Beast with a $575 receipt from an abortion clinic, and then uh, Herschel Walker sent her a get well card. It said something like rest, relax, recover on it. Um, And there was a bank deposit receipt that included an image of a $700 or a signed $700 personal check from Herschel Walker. Now, here's how the story reads, though. The woman said there was a difference of $125 because she ballparked the cost of an abortion after Googling the procedure and added on expenses such as travel and recovery costs. Um. But then it turns out that the check actually arrived several days after the procedure. So I thought, you know, the claim was that he actually just paid her up front because she was ballparking it and all that stuff. And I don't know it. It's one of those stories. Now Herschel Walker's son, Christian, has yeah. like gone scorched earth on him on Twitter saying you never took responsibility for your kids and things like that. It's ugly, man. It's real ugly. Okay. Well, if he was going to pay for it, that's what the Democrats want, right? Well, yeah, you should be celebrating him. <laughs> but it's the they're saying the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Okay. What a joke. By the way, speaking of football, Monday Night Football last night. Oh, man. How about that? Yeah, the animal rights activist goes on the field. He's got some kind of pink explosive with him or something. Yeah, but he got smoked by Bobby Wagner, the all-pro linebacker. <laughs> he did get smoked. There's like two yeah. of them. Out yeah. there. Fan is on the field, so we'll have a bit of a stoppage. And now some of the Rams players get involved. And uh, Bobby Wagner had had enough. He just took the fan down. Here's Bobby Wagner. I just saw somebody running on the field, and he looked like he wasn't supposed to be on the field. So I saw security was having a little problem, so I helped him out. So I helped him out. That's what I do. I mean, this the guy the, tried tracks this, down people running for a living. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. All right, David. We got to get to Robin's trifecta and uh, an update, but the big story so far today is well, it's evolving now in light of this White House press com- or press briefing that's going on because, well, apparently, when gas prices are going down, it's because of historic leadership of Joe Biden, <laughs> right? But yes. now that they're going back up, and like in the case of California, historically so, uh, now there's more nuance to it. And can, we'll- I, can I? 
Okay. All right. No, I'm just going to say it's the presidents don't control gas prices. Well, of course. You don't know. They, That's I mean, where we're going to go. Don't. We're going to be back to that again. Yep. Gosh dang it. I'm sniffing a hurricane excuse, too. Maybe. Oh Maybe. News update and the trifecta next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp, and there is Scott Robbins. The trifecta in just a couple. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the White House has spent the last several weeks talking about how gas prices have been on the decline, and it's all because of the historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and other policy decisions that they really won't detail here. And there's no question that releasing from the Strategic Petroleum uh, Reserve actually did help to lower costs a little bit. But, you know, you also got to think about what the trade-off means, and it's not good. What was it at the time, 11 cents to 20 cents, somewhere in there? Somewhere around there, yeah. Okay. But the the thing that has driven demand, or the thing that has driven lower prices has been a lowering of demand because people are kind of hunkering down and not really wanting to... Uh, spend money on gasoline or other travel that they don't absolutely have to. Um, And then also investors are worried about a global recession. So, you know, that has driven down the price of oil uh, pretty dramatically. Uh, Well, now they're going back up. And the White House has asked, hey, you know, you guys were taking all the credit for gas prices going down. Are you going to say that Biden is responsible for gas prices going back up? Fair question, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. So it's a lot more nuance than that, right? Um, Peter, you know this. Right. Uh, there have been global challenges that we have all have de- dealt with. When I say all, meaning other countries as well have dealt with since the pandemic. There's been pandemic and there's been uh, Putin's war. And Putin's war uh, has uh increase gas prices at the pump. We have seen that over the past several months. And what the president was able to do, uh, he took some historic steps when you think about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and making sure that he, we were able to do everything that we can to bring that cost down. I don't know how they do it every day. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, we're not even 40 seconds in. And I'm about to lose it. Like, it's the, it's this broken record, the same crap over and over. And you're sitting here going, we won't produce ourselves. Because somehow you morons think, well, as long as it, it's happening in China and in India and Russia, our air is not polluted with the green weenie stuff. Right. That's right. Jeez. Uh, for American families, give them a little bit more of a breathing room. And oh. we saw that. We saw that every day this summer. Uh, over a, uh, saving American families over a dollar per gallon. And so that- and can we just cut it with the family's crap? Most of your supporters are singles. Mope. And so that is what the president's going to continue to stay focused on, our cons- American consumers. How do we continue uh, to, keep, uh, to keep prices down? That's why we, we did the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. That's why we talk about the CHIPS yeah, okay. Act. All of these things are going to help Americans here. It- that didn't answer the question whatsoever. No, it did not. 
And, you know, you're right. There, There is, or she's right to say that there is nuance when it comes to gas prices. Obviously, there is no lever in the White House that makes gas prices go up or down. But but there is a lever, David. Oh. We All the president has to do is say to you gas stations, mm-hmm. lower it. Do it now. Right. <laughs> do it now. Not a month from now. Do it now. Do it now. No. No. Yeah. That, yeah. Trying to shame small business owners is not exactly the win that Joe Biden seems to think it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there is no one thing that a president can do, but you actually can do some things to help, and he won't do them because he's held hostage by the green weenie lobby. Yes. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They will never say that, but we all know it's true. That's the deal. And that's what's frustrating. Okay. Robbins, do you, is this is this a serious one today? Is this fun? Well, Okay, yeah. let's just roll. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, the trifecta, always helped by Lois Hero. I'm Casey He's Kato. back, man. He leaves with you all the time. Wasn't hanging out with me. I'll tell you that. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Uh, number three, the state of New York just hosted a big gun buyback event in Utica, <laughs> yeah. and a dude decided to 3D print a bunch of guns just to turn them in to get a whole lot of gift cards in return. Yeah, he just wanted to know what would happen if that if he did this. Yeah. He said, I got a 3D printer. He said, it cost me about 200 bucks. He said, actually, I didn't even pay for it. I got it as a Christmas gift. So I started making, I made the six-hour drive to Utica. Said I my 3D printer printed a bunch of lower receivers and frames for different kinds of firearms. So he brings them to Utica, and he gets a bunch of stuff. $21,000 worth of stuff, as a matter of fact. Can you see where people would have fell for it, David? No, well, here, here's the thing. Technically, even though, I mean, somebody did that in Houston a, a couple of months ago, too. It didn't make $21,000 in gift cards, but... If you can you can pretty cheaply and easily 3D print a gun that is technically a firearm. Right, or, it, or it sellable. Might... Parts of it are sellable, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, well, because, yeah, if you buy, an, like, an AR, the lower receiver, that's the firearm. Even though it doesn't look like a gun, there's no barrel or anything, but that's the, that is what is considered the firearm. So if you print those out, if you actually tried to assemble it on the cheap, you might get one shot, maybe. Like the right. pistols, you'll get one shot, and that's it. And it'll break. But, but to turn it in for cash. Right, but technically it is a firearm. So it counts. Apparently this guy had to haggle all day. Yeah, he haggled all day, officials. but he finally proved his point. And they walk out with a stack of gift cards and yeah. money and be on your way. Here you go. <laughs> wow, man. American ingenuity, man. To number I one. mean, we can think of how to scam any <laughs> system on the planet. Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Uh, number two, there's a guy who works for the CDC and his Halloween decorations uh, mocked those who died from COVID. Yeah, uh, out in his yard, one of his neighbors shot the picture and put it out on uh, Facebook. Said a lot of the neighbors work at the CDC at the Emory Hospital system. Said, needless to say, Halloween lawn decoration season's around here, and it really rules. So this knucklehead has a skull and various bones scattered in his yard with a handwritten sign that said, I did my own research with the COVID logo on top of it the little spiky ball you know okay and that's his halloween decoration apparently there's several in the neighborhood doing the same thing 
exploiting the fact that a bunch of people died from COVID, I guess. And he's blaming it, of course, on people who are unvaccinated. Yeah. It's a way to get friendly with everybody, Where are the right? fentanyl graves, jackass? Where are they at? Don't know. And he's got, of course, he's got a Ukrainian flag on his porch, too. <laughs> See, to me, that's the bigger sin. Of course. Everybody always does. tries to push the envelope here, but I think Ukraine should institute a draft, and everybody with the Ukrainian flag either on their lawn or in their Twitter bio ought to be drafted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. fight. You care about it. <laughs> the, virtue, the virtue's not complete without it, though, David. Yeah. You know that. It's half-assed if it doesn't have a Ukrainian flag hanging there. At the bare minimum, you got to give a couple hundred bucks. Right. To the cause, right? Because mm-hmm. you care about it so well, much. Well, you would think. Well, yes. you know what you should do, actually? Run down to your gun shop, buy a couple of rifles with your own money, and then mail it to Ukraine. And, and honestly, that's just a couple more guns off the streets in America. <laughs> you know, the buyback send to Ukraine program could work. <laughs> they, they'll just get a bunch of 3D printed single-use pistols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send them over. The Scott Robbins trifecta that's top like, three of the day. Like overload one, virtue signaling, one, man. One, <laughs> yeah, okay. one. Number one, it seems like CNN is coming to terms with the fact that Democrats are losing a lot of black voters. Yeah, this polling guy, Harry Enten, uh, explained uh, that the president is hemorrhaging support with black voters. He looked at some of the pre-electoral preferences. Democrats in Congress receiving 74% among black voters. Now, that seems like a high number until you look at what they did last time, which was 85%. You can also look at the Republican column as well. You can see that uh, 12%, not exactly high, but it's the high water mark. It was just 9% before. And he's saying in terms of approval with Joe Biden, it's not even close. Wow. That uh, the black voters have totally turned their backs on Joe Biden. Not surprised by that. And uh, among African-American voters, Stacey Abrams' lead is actually down from 79 to 67 points now. So it ain't working, man. Not working. Well, this is with black voters. From 79 to 67. Right. Yeah. Now, it appears she's going to lose. I mean, right now, anyway. Oh, yeah. That's why she's swinging for the the fence. fence. Right. Well, and, you know, she was going to sue on the whole voting rights thing. That thing went down in flames. Oh, yeah, it did. It got knocked down by an Obama-appointed judge. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Just recently, actually. And took it apart. Yeah. Yeah, like not even close. Like there's like some sort of gray area. No, there's really not any gray area there. So good. Um, if you want just something that I think would put a smile on your face, please do. Um, we're wrapping up the trifecta. This is something that you know people fight cancer all the time, and whenever somebody gets to that point where they're cancer free, oh yeah, it, it's it's a big deal. It's like certainly cause for celebration. This actually happened on a flight where the pilot announced to everybody about this particular passenger. I just thought it was cool. And I would like to add a special welcome to a special guest in today's flight. We have a passenger who's headed to Hawaii with us today to celebrate her victory over late stage breast cancer. To her wow. And is now cancer free. Please join me in giving her, uh, Gerald Oldham, a round of applause. Awesome. And to celebrate it, we're going to go to Hawaii. That's the way you do it, man. That's pretty cool. Give you perspective. Scott Robbins swam with a dolphin after he beat death. She's going to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. We're working on David Van Camp, who hasn't cheated death yet, but he wants to get up in a helicopter and shoot hogs. 
Golly. With Marjorie Taylor Marjorie Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. That's and one of my dreams that, to watch That's it. actually cheating death and celebrating <laughs> not dying at the same time. That's two for deal, man. <laughs> Golly. Oh, wow. And there you have it. Thank you, Casey. So great. All right. News update and Nimrod's <laughs> in the news. Straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, do you have a news update to get to quick? If not, or if he can wait for a second, just a quick point about the whole defund the police thing. Yeah. Corey Bush now saying let's not get caught up in the word defund. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, if you haven't heard this, uh, Corey Bush, congressperson from Missouri, um, Boy, she's something. Um, Had ABC gushing over her, which is crazy to me because it would seem the Democrats want to keep her laying low before the midterms because she's been a problem for them. Yeah. But she just keeps right on rolling. Are you worried at all that that could hurt some of your colleagues going into the midterm elections? See, the the thing about defund the police is we have to tell the entire narrative. People here defund the police. But you know what they'll say? Say reallocate. Say divest. Say move. Uh, But it's still the same thing. We can't get caught up on the words. We People spend more time focusing on the word defund than they spend on caring and addressing the problem of police violence in this country. Yeah, because it was very alarming when you said defund. That got everybody's attention. What do you mean get caught up in the words? What what the hell does that mean? Have I missed something, by the way? Um, is police brutality a big topic of conversation right now? Have there been a lot of examples of that recently, like in the last six months to a year? Oh, I mean, there have. if you watch, like, local news, there have been actually some cases I'm kind of surprised but not really, given the situation in the midterms. I am kind of surprised. Haven't gotten more national attention. There was a shooting in Denver uh, that involved police officers where I think six people got injured because there was a dude, he had a gun, he pulled it out to throw it away. A cop shot him, and then another cop who was like to the side of him on the sidewalk just started firing at him and wound up hitting bystanders because there were like people within 10 feet of where the suspect was standing. I am kind of surprised that that didn't get more play nationwide. That must be focus grouped. Oh, totally. I mean... That it just doesn't play. I remember, wasn't it Jen Psaki when she was White House press secretary trying to say, well, it was the Republicans that defunded the police. Oh, yeah. They they (laughs) trotted that out for a while, yeah. That's one of my favorites. Forgot about that. Yeah. How did she try to even phrase that? On Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what what does that even mean, right? Um, so there's an alternate universe on some uh, coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. People don't want soft on crime. No. 
It doesn't work. What I was speaking to was a Chiron on Fox News, since you raised it, which suggested this administration is soft on crime with no basis. <laughs> this is what I was talking about in the interview for the full context. Uh, in the American Rescue Plan, there was additional funding to support local cops programs. See, that was a load of crap. That's oh, how they did it. Man, I see. So they didn't I vote that. for this yeah. plan, and they see they're they're the ones that are defunding, defunding the, police. the police. That's right. What a joke. See, that's the thing though. Between her and Karine Jean Pierre, she could sling that. You knew she was still full of crap, but she did it in a smooth sort of way. Oh yeah. It would take Karine Jean Pierre three minutes to say that. I'm guessing. All right. With all that, we hadn't even started it yet, but. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. 67 year old woman in Indiana, Teresa Lynn Kiner. Oh, man. Facing charges. Why? She stole from one of those roadside corn stands that works on the honor system no yes come on man you know no employees just a bunch of fruits or vegetables box you drop money in yeah it's honor system that's right it's indiana come on i know you can't be doing that no so between july and september this Teresa lynn kiner stopped this small family-run stand sells corn at least 18 times oh come on She'd reach into the box like she was making change and then walk off with a wad of money. Said she stole like $2,000 and a bunch of corn. So the family that owns the stand put up a security camera when they realized, hey, there's money missing here. So all the thefts that were uh, caught on video, she's she's going to be held accountable. She tried to deny it, too. Well, I only stopped there three times. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. Like, you're not Joe Biden. Well, there was. If I only steal three times, that makes it okay, right? There, there wasn't even a kernel of truth in that one. Hand clap for that. Get the butter out. Yep, (laughs) that's pretty good, Mr. Van Camp. That is Nimrod's in the news, and this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.